This is an ABC podcast. Well, hi, it's Coronacast, a show all about the coronavirus, sometimes other nasties, but not today. I'm health reporter Tegan Taylor coming to you from Jagera and Turable Land. And I'm physician and journalist Dr Norman Swan coming to you from Gadigal Country. It's Tuesday, March 21st, 2023. And Norman, I want to play you something. A little trip down memory lane. When I was there in 2014, I actually took photographs of these things called raccoon dogs, these very strange kind of animals that are fur farmed in China. And they were there being sold illegally in the Western side of the market. So that was Professor of Virology at University of Sydney, Eddie Holmes. I think you've met him once or twice. He was talking to us back at the beginning of last year about a trip he made some years ago to the market in Wuhan, which was thought to be the epicentre of the um, COVID-19 pandemic. So that was a year ago. Yes, and that, that was the occasion of a paper that he published in a leading journal called Cell, talking about the genomics of the virus and the history of the virus. So I'd thought that I hadn't ever heard of raccoon dogs before, but obviously I have. I just blocked it out from my memory. They're very cute. But they're back in the news again this week because some more information has been released from the market. It has, and, and and it's been quite dramatic, and there's been a dramatic few days here. So just to set the scene, because we've got Eddie on the line to come into this week's Coronacast, the market was thought to be the origin of the, where the first cases were were documented in 2019. There was a lot of swabbing that went on, and the market was closed. And as uh, Eddie said in that grab, there were cages where live animals were being sold, particularly these raccoon dogs, and they've been back in the news. Data were released last year in a paper from China, which was a bit odd, and we'll get Eddie to talk about that. But then a really dramatic release of data happened on the 9th of March. Welcome back to Coronacast, Eddie. Hi there. So tell us what was in that paper a year ago from China, because in a sense, that's where the more recent story kind of began. Yeah, well, actually, it began on Jan the 1st, 2020, when they closed this market down. So if your listeners remember, it's a place called the Huanan Market in, in Wuhan. And I, I went there in 2014. And this was a location of, of the earliest cases of, of COVID-19 there. And people were working there, were living right by it. So when they had the outbreak, they closed the market and the local public health authorities went in to do an inspection, trying to find out what the cause of it was. And critically, they swabbed surfaces. So they swabbed, you know, door handles, bench tops, drains, cages, gloves, lots of different things. And then um, one of the things when they had, when they had those, those, those data is they tested them for the virus, for SARS-CoV-2. And so what we did and other people did was you take like a physical map of the market. It's like an, it's an east side of the market and a west side. Both these two sides about the size of a soccer field each. And then we plotted where the positive cases were on that map of the market. And as you alluded to in that cell paper, what we found was in the southwestern corner of the market, there may have been sort of 10 or 20 market stores there. That was where most of the positive samples were. And amazingly, that was where we thought the wildlife was because that's where I took my photograph of animals in cages in 2014, but we couldn't really prove it. Now, this is the key thing. As well as just doing the testing for the virus, those swab data they had, they also gave you a clue as to what animals or humans were at those particular stores. So if you take that, if you take that that swab and you can you can actually sequence 
all the genetic material in that swab. So not just the virus, but all the human DNA, your cattle DNA, whatever it was. And we, we knew right from the get-go, this information was actually really key because it actually tell us if it was just, if the market was just a human, a human event, only humans, all that extra DNA in that sample, other than the virus, would be human. But if there are animals in there, we would see the traces of animal, animal DNA. So we knew that was there. And those data, we can discuss later on, these data are actually available or generated in early 2020, right? So three years later now we are. Now, last year, what happened was... So they were generated, but not necessarily available. I mean, that's key here. Not available, yeah. And I think one of the questions is, I think you've already heard the World Health Organization complain about this, and I'm I'm myself curious about this, is that these data could have been given away, given out three years ago, right? And the whole last three years would would have been different. This is just an extraordinary event. So last year, as you you mentioned, a Chinese team that did this swabbing, they posted a preprint of a paper online, it didn't have the raw data, but it said in this preprint that all that extra genetic material in the swabs was human and there were no animals in there. And many of us were thinking, well, that just can't be right. This is an animal market. And they actually took, for example, they took swabs from a thing called a defeathering machine. Sounds pretty gruesome. But that that can't just have human DNA on a on a on a, a machine that is used to defeather animals. This can't be true. So we were skeptical. So that paper, that preprint sat there, it didn't move, it was never published, and there was no access to raw data. And what I understand is they tried to publish it in Nature, they asked for the raw data, and the raw data never appeared, so the paper never got published. Yeah, that's that's the story that I've heard as well. Um, So then what happened was, and it's all gone so quickly, Norman, my time time was a bit thrown, but it was only about 10 days ago, even nine days ago, that one one of the people I worked with, who continually been interested in the market, noticed that there's a there's a on a, on a website called Gizaid, and that's like a big repository for for genome sequences. And so there's 15 million plus SARS-CoV-2 genome sequences on that database. They noticed there was these strange um, sequences that appeared, and we realised that that was these data that we wanted, these key data from the swabs from that original market survey, and it might tell us what animals were there. Who's who's the they that hasn't uh, released them until now? And then how do you know that it was the real data when you did see it pop up on that website? Well, uh, so what happened was so the, the they were uh, the team led by the China CDC, China Centre of Disease Control. They were the people doing conducting the investigation in Wuhan. And they, uh, if you actually look at the database, they are linked as the people who submitted it there, okay? So when we saw these data, I emailed a colleague of mine um, in China who's part of that team, a good friend of mine, actually. He doesn't work at the China CDC, but he's associated with them. And I asked him, I said, are these data important? What's the story? And he wrote back and said, basically, yeah, we, we told them to release the data. Please go ahead and analyze them and let me know if you have any questions. So it was very, it was like the green, the green light for us. So we then downloaded these data and started to analyze what was going on. And then I think it was last Saturday morning, like at 3 a.m., my phone was going crazy. And so I foolishly kind of looked at what was going on. And we had found that my colleagues in the, in the US and Europe who were doing this work with me, they'd found all these animal animal DNA in these market samples. Not only that, they found raccoon dogs. And raccoon dogs were one of the key species that in our cell paper we suggested were the, were the, the intermediate host, the kind of host of the virus. And also, 
that was the animal remarkably that I'd photographed in that market in 2014. I, and, I've, and I've sent you these photographs, Norman. There are photographs of these raccoon dogs. So suddenly there it was. And again, remember, this is the critical thing. When the market was first described as potential place where this virus emerged, the, the Chinese authorities said there was no animals in the no live animals in the market, no wildlife. Okay, and suddenly now we've got not just I mean raccoon, lots of other species like bamboo rats, porcupines, civets, hog badgers. By the way, they're very good to look at hog badgers. I recommend everyone looking at what a hog badger looks like. Hedgehogs. I mean, there's a, you know, it's like a, a zoo in there. And so we thought, oh my god, this is extraordinary. So then I emailed my this colleague back in China. I said, we found raccoon dog. This is amazing. We we, we, we want to publish. What what are your plans? And then a few hours later, the data was removed. Oh, who removed it? Okay. Well, extraordinary. So we, it's not clear who actually removed it. Was it the website or was it the people that had, the China CDC have put it on the website? We don't really know, but it just disappeared. It was just extraordinary. And all the, all the market data suddenly disappeared from that website. But you had downloaded so it, so you've got it. Yeah, we had, yeah, we had downloaded it and we put it on, on a number of different computers around the world. And we weren't actually, it turns out we weren't the only people. Some other people had also seen it and downloaded it, but they didn't and they didn't have it all. We managed to get all of it down. So, no, so the scientific question now, of course, is, is there a smoking gun? Because the question, of course, yeah. is, is there an intermediate animal? Was there an animal infected yeah. and that animal infected humans? And yeah. to explain what you've done is that you've, taken these samples by where they were collected in the market and looked at the balance of DNA that you find in the samples. First of all, it was, I mean, to get technical, mitochondrial DNA, which is easier to measure, but then you looked at the DNA in the actual genome itself and found correlations there. And what you found, you believe, is strong evidence that the animals were infected. Just explain what you found. Yeah, so it's DNA and it's RNA. So we have, we have so obviously, so SARS-CoV-2 is an RNA virus. So RNA makes RNA. There's no DNA in there as well. So we have RNA and there's DNA. So we have, so we have, we have two things. The first thing we did is look for mitochondrial DNA, as, as you described. And that's a very good marker, or mitochondrial RNA, it's the same sort of thing. It's a, it's a very good marker for what animals these samples are from. And so if you do that, what you find is there's a whole range of animals in this market. I mean, some are quite expect, you know, quite as you'd expect. For example, there's a there was a cattle stall and we found there was some blood there, and that turns out to be beef blood. Okay, there was some fish stall, we found fish, fish DNA, and that was from the Yangtze River carp. And of course, Wuhan's on the Yangtze, so that's pretty fresh, fresh fish. Okay, so that's pretty good. But then in this in the one corner, what we found was lots and lots of this wildlife DNA. Okay, again, Originally, we were told there was no wildlife in the market. So again, raccoon dogs, hedgehogs, porcupines, bamboo rats, civets, marmots. Now, the key thing, the really important thing is not only was there lots of these animal DNA in there, but they were often more common than the human DNA. Okay, And, and, and just to explain RNA. before you go on, you also found virus there. Yeah, and virus. These are all virus positive samples. And there's some, so, so this, is, this is the most remarkable thing of all, Norman. So there's, when I took my photographs, and they're pretty rubbish photographs, my wife always tells me how, how bad they are. And I was just taking them because I thought well, these are kind of weird things to see. Um, in that store that I took a photograph of, I saw raccoon dogs and I saw ducks, right? Raccoon dogs on top of web feet, you can see in some photographs. So there's raccoons on top of ducks, you know, and look at the DNA in that store. It turns out it's raccoon dog and a lot of duck. There was also amazingly and very little human. And there's one particular sample, it's from a cart 
right next to the store. And this cart has the virus in it, has the SARS-CoV-2 is there. There's lots and lots of sequence from raccoon dogs in that cart, plus a few other animals too. But there is no human genetic material in that sample, none. The implication there is that the virus has come via the animal and not via a human that correct. was already infected. Yes, correct. So that's that's implication. Now we can't prove that. Okay, so you can't because we've, we've because we've not found the animal that carries the virus. This is an association, but it's a pretty to me. I mean, I don't think it's a smoking gun, but I think I think the, the gun is pretty well loaded, right? So we've got the virus. We have lots of animal, lots of animal genetic material, and no human. Okay, so if it came from humans, let's say humans are contaminated the scene, the crime scene, you'd expect some fingerprint of humans to be there and it's forensic analysis, but they're just not there at all. And you have lots of the animal stuff instead. So that's a very strong suggestion that it actually comes, this, this virus was in the animal, not the human. Now, if the key thing is this, that when they closed this market, this, this investigation, they did not actually sample the wildlife themselves. It was a chaotic scene. You can imagine this thing was going, you know, this outbreak was happening. People were very nervous. The authorities came in. What I've heard a number of times from people in China is that the local vendors, the store vendors, were allowed to remove their animals from the market without being tested. So the Chinese CDC did not test any live raccoon dogs or any live civets. They found carcasses and freezers they looked at. They did not test the live animals. So we, we've, lost the, we've lost the source. We won't get the live animal now because they failed to detect it, failed to sample it back in 2020. And the problem I think we now have is this is three years, over three years after the events that took place. And so the chances now of finding the source population, let's say it's a raccoon dog, the source population of raccoon dogs that actually have the virus, that's, that's gone. I mean, the, virus, the virus would have got into that population, would have burned through it pretty quickly, like we've all had COVID. And it would have just died out. So we won't we won't find that that animal now. It's just too late. The timing of this is interesting because only a couple of weeks ago we were hearing the tide sort of seemed to be turning in favour. Maybe it was a lab leak after all. And then now this data's gone up and then come down again. The US has had a variety of agencies look in look into this. So the Department of Energy released their report saying they had low confidence as a lab leak. The FBI said they had moderate confidence, I think. But there's also a number of other ones that have said it's most likely natural, like the CIA and there's a few others. So it's been it's been debated in the US, but they're looking at what, they, what they're calling intelligence data. And I don't know what that is, but I would, my guess is it's not particularly compelling. If they had, for, I mean, so the, the key evidence they would, would have, need to have was evidence of the virus in this lab. This lab's about 30k away in Wuhan. Evidence of that virus in that lab before the pandemic. You have that, then I'm, you know, I'm willing to believe it's out of a lab. If they had those data, that would be high confidence. It would really be quite, quite the smoking gun. But clearly the fact that the agencies in the US disagree on the value of the data they've got suggests to me it's not particularly strong and open to different interpretations. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't put much thought on that. There's also a massive political battle going on as well. So I think we, we I think we should sit to the science and the science to me has always been pretty clear that this is most likely natural. Most likely is not a jump like it's happened many times. And in this case now, this looks so much like SARS-1 that emerged in Guangdong in end of 2002. That was in animal markets. Civets and raccoon dogs were involved. We now have an animal market and there are raccoon dogs and civets involved, right? And it's a very similar virus. So to me, what are the odds 
think of it this way. If it came from a lab, what are the odds that all I've, what I've just told you, we found a market sort of animals, the right animals that were involved in SARS-1. What the chance that happened by, you know, by chance? It seems to me extraordinarily unlikely. Hmm. So where does it go from here, Eddie? I mean, is this the dead end? I don't think the story will ever end, Norman. I suspect if you're doing Coronacast in 10 years, we'll be seeing it again then. <laughs> Hate to hate to predict the future, but look, it, this it's become so it's become so tense and so debated that I think it'll it'll go on. I think hopefully most people in the kind of middle, and we we put the data out there, people can analyze it themselves. We we've not left it, we've not put too much comment up there. Hopefully most people will see what this really does look like. There will always be people who disagree. There will always be people who disagree. It's absolutely clear that's going to happen. So we're not going to convince everyone. Um, you know, maybe there'll be twists and turns in the future. Sadly, I don't think we'll get much more out of China. I don't. I think there's now a political imperative for them not to have the pandemic start in their country. For national pride, they're, they're pushing a, a non anywhere but China kind of policies. I don't think we'll get more than get more from them. I think it'll rumble on, but I think this is this is a very decisive turn of events that should hopefully change people's minds. And again, I think the question we need to ask ourselves is, well, I think a number of questions. One is this wildlife trade. It, it's just, I mean, it is dangerous. This is very clear from this and other outbreaks. But to why, why have we waited so long for these data? Which, I mean, my group does this sort of work every day, literally every day. It's not that hard to do. So I'm, I'm just... You know, I'm baffled why it's taken so long. Well, let's hope the poor Chinese scientists who put this up on the GSAID database uh, didn't get into too much trouble. That is an interesting question, and we will watch in the next few days what happens. Eddie, thank you very much for joining us on CoronaCast. My pleasure. Professor of Virology at the University of Sydney, Eddie Holmes, and I think that might be it for us today, Norman. It might be, and we'll see you next week. See you then. 